Hello and welcome to the MBS show. I'm your host, Norma Sanzo. Joining me today is Daniel Anthony. Hello, everybody. So, Daniel, how's your day? Uh, day was pretty okay. I'm kind tuckered out because me and choir, we were rehearsing um, for a couple of hours. And we're touring Penang next week, so rehearsals are full on right now. Oh, that's good. I mean, wish you all the best in Penang. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, of course, assignment season is over. Now we're moving straight into another thing. So, yeah, no break for me. And joining us today will be our guest, Wasabi Bean. Hello, every brony, every pony, and everybody. So, how are you, Wasabi? I'm doing fine. Currently in Melbourne right now, it's 1am. But hey, who's counting? Before we start off the show, uh, we have to ask you the four important questions. And question number one is, who's your favorite pony? This is actually a kind of a hard question for me to answer, but uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give a whirl. If I really, really, really have to pick... Um, it can't be in the main six just because I love that, that ensemble. They work so well together. So I honestly don't have a favorite character out of them. If you say someone out of the main six, I can sort of give you a, a clear answer in the form of Princess Luna and Discord. Princess Luna is a good answer. Oh, of course. I mean, in many ways, she is actually one of the most controversial characters. She's the black sheep of MLP, uh, frankly speaking. I mean, imagine, I mean, think about it. This is a character who was once evil, became good, we do not see for at least 20 episodes, returns in one episode that dedicates to, that's dedicated to her, uh, and then we don't even see her anymore after that until the end of season two. In, in, and even in uh, that uh, very last episode, that was like just barely, just small, small, small bits of her, which is just bizarre. True, true. Okay, um, let's move on to the second question. Um, the second question is, What's your favorite season? Ah, okay. Uh, honestly, I, I guess in a way, I, I still prefer uh, season one just because it had episodes that really like just show, shown so so much, actually. and had a lot of very simple but very quality uh, episodes that really just made me laugh uh, out loud. Like some of my personal uh, favorites, it would be like Bridal Gossip, or even Stairmaster. Stairmaster is actually very underrated. It's the one where Fluttershy babysat uh, the Demarcus is. Oh. It's a very underrated episode, but it's a very uh, enjoyable one for me, actually. Uh, I think it's just because uh, you get you see Fluttershy attempting to be uh, confident, <laughs> but totally backfiring after that. Okay. Which is great. On to the third question. Um, how did you become a fan of the show? My story is probably a little simpler than, than uh, your, your previous guests. I was actually uh, on uh, Kotaku.com. Uh, maybe you know about it. It's a bit of like a, like a geek website, and I enjoy seeing that sort of stuff. I, I was uh, uh, surfing, uh, and suddenly I noticed this white uh, unicorn with a purple mane in the corner of my screen, and I'm wondering, why is this white uh, unicorn looking at this little purple television? Uh, what, what was that about? So I researched more, and then I came to find that... Uh, uh, you know, this whole show that's that's up that's about my little pony, a fourth generation, which is bizarre. So I watched the first two episodes and I realized, wow, this show has character. This show has action. This show has a freaking villain that was once a good person. You don't see that sort of thing, you know? One of the big hooks at the very end was when Princess Lunt into good. This show is dark targeted at kids. Really? So then I kept on watching and I just uh, got sucked deeper and deeper into the chasm that is the bronydom. 
On to the last question. What do your family and friends think about your love for the show? For my family, with the uh, big exception of my brother, I don't I don't tell them. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, I'm one of those fellows that uh, keep things on the down. That's why I'm using a, a handle for the moment. Uh, and uh, basically, my parents, they, they don't know about this. Neither do my uncles or aunties. My brother, I have introduced him to the show. And he very much enjoys the show. Uh, so it's something I can uh, socialize with him about, which I very much appreciate. If you say friends, again, I don't really tell anyone. I have shown this show to two people before, and they responded quite positively. Uh, I don't think they have become fans, but they can certainly appreciate it. One, one bizarre thing that, that happened before was that the, the girl uh, uh, that, that showed to, she actually recommended me to check out like those uh, Barbie made-for-TV movies, which <sighs> just slightly horrified me a little oh. bit. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic. The next topic is housekeeping. Recently, the MBS show crew did an interview with the world manager's brony, Dusty Cat Rose. You can listen to the interview at the mbsshow.dogspot.com. Let's move on to the next topic. In today's news topic, Daniel, you want to take this? Sure. The first news topic for the week. Exclusive Derby Hoods is available. Hmm. It was previously mentioned as a rumor that the Derby Hoods brushable pony, yes, there is a Derby Hoods brushable, it exists. And it was confirmed by USA Today it will be available for purchase at the 2012 San Diego Comic Con and also at the My Little Pony Fair and Convention. The online purchasing will be available on Hasbro online store after the two events. So, you know, if you want to get this derpy toy, my gosh, she is adorable. And, you know, the box, it comes already with the Comic Con seal on it. So, you know, we should be expecting to see this amazing toy come out at Comic Con. The links can be found in the show notes, details, and especially pictures of this awesome toy. They're all right there. At first, it was a rumor on EQD, and some people speculated that it was going to be an exclusive for the 2012 San Diego Comic Con. And because now, of the fact that it was floating around a Chinese shopping site called Taobao, so mm-hmm. people thought it was a hoax. Because you know, amount of things that come out of China are sometimes imitation products. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but some people were saying that oh, the Chinese won't do that. They won't. They won't spend the money to. Uh, create something uh, pirated, you, you know, it, it won't gain them any profit. I'm back to yeah, I mean, they would so do it... China. Uh, okay, um, well, I'll just say my piece. They would do it if it would bring back profit, but Taobao, they won't know about Derpy. Oh, well, I think they do now. But anyway, um, let's move on to the next news. My Little Firefox. Recently, Mozilla Firefox uploaded a really interesting picture. The picture was a Pony Fight Firefox logo. Links can be found in the show notes. So, what do you guys think about the Firefox pony? Well, personally, I'm looking at the image now, and it's really cool, actually. I like the ha- how it has the mixture of cute and the fact that it has a, fire main, a fury mane and tail, which gives it a little bit of that swagginess that uh, all ponies uh, should have. So yes, they were very smart in making this. Now, I'm pretty sure people are thinking of switching from Google Chrome to Firefox for some of the bronies right now. They've been torn. Yeah. Now that I think about it, okay, yes, Google Chrome is going to respond back. There is no way they aren't going to. I'll be very surprised if they do not respond back with their own pony, honestly. I don't think so, because um, Google Chrome don't have an avatar. Google tends to play well with these kind of things. You know, these are companies that like to go to the lighter side of life as well. So I, I suppose Google Chrome is definitely going to try to respond back, just for fun. Okay, cool. They're not directly competing with Firefox, so to say. Yeah, it's, it's just a fun competitive thing they can do. 
pornifying anything is uh, it's always going to be a, a barrels of fun, you know, just because uh, seeing anything that's pornified is going to be hilarious. I mean, take something like Terminator from the Terminator series, you know, I'll be back and, and, and all that jazz. Imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger as a pony. Moving on to the next topic is guest time. Today's guest time is Wasabi Bean. He is a performing arts student and he is currently studying in Deakin University in Melbourne, Australia. Listen to him share his point of view of what makes this show special and enlighten us with the neat tricks that DHX Media use on the show. Well, I wouldn't say it's neat tricks so much as that they are extremely, extremely professional about the way they produce this show, you know? There are a couple of reasons why the show is so popular. Have you noticed its production value? It's through the roof. Everything is extremely refined and, and, and cleaned up. And as you can tell, I'm a drama student, therefore a lot that I can talk about is the acting of the show. Daniel and, and Norman, uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but when people like, think of uh, cartoon shows and the acting of it, the so-called acting, people tend to think of like the voice acting of it, am I right? It depends on person to person, really. Mm, yeah, it's true, uh, of course. Uh, but like, let's say... Uh, Shows back uh, then, uh, in, in the olden days, like even the 90s or the 80s, most cartoon shows, uh, they have they have this what I like to call the talking head effect. Like something like very obvious like Scooby-Doo or you know, even something like Hey Arnold. Uh, a lot of the characters will just simply move their, uh, their, their, their mouths and maybe some of their bodies, but they don't go that, that far. Like you can see the stilted animation, you can see uh, sometimes uh, the lips don't move as expressively as they should be uh, something like that, which is one of the biggest drawbacks in animation. That was a limitation stated because in the 90s and 80s and 90s, people used cell animation, which was um, using having to trace out a character. So every single scene was like a flipbook animation. They had to create every scene individually. So too much movement would create a lot of work for the artists. So therefore, of course, when you come to think about acting in that kind of context, it would be very difficult for artists to, let's say, repaint and put so much movement into it because they used what, the Xerox technology. They try to they try to copy as much from the previous scene as possible, mm. so they minimize and, movement to do that. And that's perfectly understandable, you know. Uh, like uh, uh, people are always like uh, concerned about budget and, and keeping on, on a schedule. But look at My Little Pony. Uh, it's partly because uh, they use uh, a combination of flash and with very uh, talented storyboard artists and animators and outsourcing and all that. One of the things that really drew me into the show was how fluid everything is. Like, everything uh, just seems to be in, in, a, in a world of movement. Like, you, you see, uh, uh, if a character interacts with one another, they both will be moving and reacting to, it, to each other. It's fascinating, actually, which is one of the reasons why uh, the word acting is, is so heavily embedded whenever I see the show, because I can see genuine acting in it. And I, I would categorize uh, acting for the show in, in two broad categories. One is uh, voice acting, and the other is actually the animation itself. Uh, so that's something like storyboard and, uh, and animation. Let's talk about the voice first, perhaps? Okay, let's do. Yeah, sure. Uh, just to let you guys know, one of my specialties, actually, when it comes to the showbiz, actually, is actually at analyzing uh, shows. Like, I've actually done reviews before. So in case if anyone is wondering... Yes, I do know what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> this won't be a horrifying uh, fan service or, or me self, or me bloating my own ego to you people. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's talk, let's talk about, less about myself and more about the, about the voice actors. This show, 
uh, is really, really incredible for really pushing what you can do in children's voice acting. I'm not even talking about like animated voice shows. Like for some shows like Justice League or, or, or Teen Titans, uh, those are really at a demo, uh, targeted at older people. For most kids shows, if you notice, if you see something like a Sesame Street or Akazuki, uh, Akazuki uh, Cha Cha, that's like a really obscure uh, show in the 90s. What I'm saying is, children's shows, especially if it's targeted at girls, you know they have that uh, particular uh, happy, happy, stylized voice, like, like, hey, hey, everybody, and someone will say something in a very, in an almost vapid, chirpish sort of a way. Uh, ah, and, yes, I know that. Yes. And, and truth be told, this show does do that sometimes. But what uh, really stands out for me is that even though they do that, they combine it with a lot of genuine acting as well. Like, how someone reacts to another is, is really good. Like, I guess the way uh, 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 Pinkie Pie says, uh, she, uh, uh, like, like how Twilight says, uh, but she only has one cat, and then Pinkie Pie says, give her time. You know, something like that is just incredible, <laughs> you know. So... Uh, let me specify, uh, like, say what the style of the show is. The style of the show, uh, in a very broad uh, term, is that it is a the the, the voice acting style is is a children's uh, com uh, comedy. So, so it combines uh, children's voice acting and comic uh, acting as well. So things something like sitcoms, like really good sitcoms, would have uh, won't rely on what I like to call. It won't be reliant on, on gags. Uh, very very gag-reliant shows tend to be very vapid uh, and, and just, like, roaring after a while to see because there, there's not, no substance. There's a lot oh, of substance, okay. you know. Uh, like, uh, I, I like to think of it as, you know, it's a little cutesy, it's a little sacred, but it's also, at the same time, really a bit Ren and Stevie-esque. Like, like, uh, every, like, the voice actresses, they really push themselves. I mean, just look at Rarity. Look at how crazy Rarity gets, you know? I myself was actually wondering, okay, this character is a little on the side, and it's kind of like, and she's sort of like being like the flagship uh, character to, to hate, actually. But so actually, a lot of people say that she's the most complex character on the set, being hardest to understand in a way. Yes, and true. you know what? I might agree with that. I honestly do. Because of all the characters, uh, she really... Uh, is very unique in that she's very she's a very urban pony. She has a, a job that a lot of people can understand, and just the way she hope carries herself. No, we might know people like that uh, in in real life. That's actually you know who is that diva and that complicated. It's not hard to believe the character is is real, even though it's she, even though she's so crazy, and the fact that she's a white unicorn, of course. I guess another thing that I can say is. Um, everyone's voice is very distinct from one another. This is one of the, the, the classic things about uh, cartoon shows. Everyone will, will be extremely distinct from another and even have a different style to, to how they are, you know? So, I mean, think about it. Pinkie Pie sounds completely different from Fluttershy, even though they, they come from the same voice actress. Have you all heard an interview that had uh, uh, Andrea Lipman actually? Both of it's them, the one at BronyCon and the one on EFR. It is creepy when you hear it, you know, because because the moment I heard the voice, all I can think of was, holy crap, she's a, she's a like, she's a shy Pinkie Pie. That's her voice essentially. She's a shy Pinkie Pie. So all I can think of is she's like, Pinkie shy or something, you know. She's a, it's a combination of that. The remarkable thing is this show really showcases 
that's how good the voice actors are. Because back then, from what I understand, uh, a lot of the uh, voice actresses used to do like a G3 stuff as well. But when they moved on to G4, they were told to really push it, you know, and not hold back, actually. So that's just in, in, in incredible. How, that's how uh, organic and how much they can make us feel. Like, even though a lot of it is very funny and aimed to make us laugh, like the infamous yay scene, you know. Let's hear one. Yay. Something like that. Uh, it, but you can still feel the, the complexity uh, in that character, you know. Uh, ah, okay, one, one very unique thing I'll, I'll mention uh, when it comes to like the voice act, uh, actor, actors in, in particular. Lauren, I believe Lauren Fowles chose Tara Strong, and that was ingenious, actually. Okay, you want to know why? Um, why? Do tell. Uh, well, one of the reasons is, of course, that she's a very talented uh, uh, voice actress. It really brings uh, Twilight Sparkle to light. The second reason, which is almost as uh, substantial, is that she is already a very well-established voice actress. She's one of the very few uh, voice actresses uh, that if you put her in, in anything, chances are she's going to be uh, shown in like the commercials, the featurettes, something like that, because she can garner attention, because she's been in Everything. Everything. Yep. everything from Teen Titans, everything from Batman, Arkham City. So so it's actually a very smart marketing uh, thing to do, actually, you know, to include her. Uh, that That's the obvious one. The second one that's actually surprising and probably uh, has gained even more momentum, thanks to his reputation and, and fame, is John Delancey, actually, uh, who voices Discord, of course. I mean, look at what he's doing now. Uh, he, he did this short stint as Discord, and, and I, I believe in his interviews, he's actually shown that he's forgotten about even doing this character for quite a bit. He talked about receiving so many emails the day after the show came out because people were wondering, he was wondering what the phenomenon was all about. Yeah, uh, and he's, he was just doing so, and then and looking out, he's, uh, because of his, uh, his fame as a Q from Star Trek, he uh, has brought a lot of attention from other people, and he himself is actually doing a, a huge documentary uh, about it. Let's move on to the singing part of the show. Now, the singing of the show is is very unique, actually, in that uh, uh, it's you know uh, it, it really goes back to the, to the idea that most shows, even like previous generations of MLP. It tends to be vapid and tends to be a bit of the happy, happy side. Same thing with the, with the songs. You know, most of the songs are a little on the happy side, a little bit on the overly saccharine sweet sort of thing that, that just turns off a lot of people, maybe even some little girls perhaps. Who knows? This show scene on the hand, I would actually classify a lot of it scene to do with acting as well. I mean, uh, th- th- just look at how uh, the Flim Flam Brothers song uh, worked out, you know. It, it has that song speak style that, that is very uh, distinctive, and, but it seems like it, it shows uh, uh, something as uh, shows something as well and progresses the scene, which is what a, a normal uh, talking and acting scene is. Whereas for this, uh, whereas for the singing, you know, that's what it does as well. Uh, you know, uh, progressing something, really showing some flair uh, to it at the same time, which is one uh, special thing about singing. It really just shows a flair. And I really gotta give it up to the voice actresses, you know, uh, the, the, the ones that sing. I, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Like, some of the songs aren't exactly easy to sing. Let's move on to storyboarding. 
I mentioned storyboarding in particular and how, how important it is to the show because um, I, I'm based in this uh, from what I noticed from um, from Zipzy, uh, a.k.a. Wildfire, a.k.a. Sabina Albergetti. She's one of the storyboard artists for NLP FIM and basically one of the more notable uh, use, uh, pe- uh, people of the show that uses deviant art. So anyone who, who's been on deviant art would, uh, and likes NLP will probably have seen her, her website and, and the multiple things that she's done. Uh, and, and basically what, why I mention this is because uh, I, I must mention that the system they use, uh, which is Flash, and in many ways, I, I dare say that they've actually revolutionized the usage of Flash. Uh, I, I've seen previous cartoons that use Flash for and they look a little static, and, and it just doesn't, doesn't seem to pop out as much. But with the show in particular, they really go overboard, man. There, there's so many just moments where everyone is in constant movement, or at the very least, the, people, the points in the foreground, they're always moving, they're always reacting to each other. It's as if uh, you're getting actual uh, actors, you know, the director will be saying, okay, remember to react to this person, remember to... Uh, uh, to uh, you know, to, to go crazy with your, your expressions, something like that. So it's not just uh, the facial expressions, but even the bodies also will be taking a step forward, moving the hits back, something that specific. They pull off the show all the time, which is, you know, really, really crazy. I'll, I'll cite one simple uh, example. Uh, there's this one, one scene, a few, uh, this, a few moments in the, the episode, Mystery on the Friendship Express, where Pinkie Pie and Twilight, you know, they switch hats. Uh, I believe Sipsy actually mentioned in, in an interview with EFR, that particular moment wasn't actually in the script, actually, which I was have wondered for whether these small uh, dialogueless moments, uh, whether that's something that's mentioned in the screenplay. And turns out uh, some of it is not like the Pinkie and Twilight uh, switching hats. And that actually added a lot to the scene, added a lot of visual uh, cues, and it was kind of cute to see that they're just switching hats, you know, which is really cool. Most shows uh, that maybe employ a different uh, animation st- uh, style or more traditional style, so adding something like that will probably be take quite a bit of, of manpower. But for something like Flash, where they can reuse expressions, reuse vectors, it. It's, I'm, not, it's not saying, I'm not saying it's a snap, but it's something more doable and something you can do far more often and, uh, and just offer so much more to the audiences, you know? So, Wasabi, um, what are your final thoughts about the acting on the show? Well, but basically, uh, in, in many ways, uh, this show really goes well and, and, be, uh, and beyond. Like, uh, the quality that, that, and standard that it holds is incredibly, incredibly high to the point where even uh, shows like that have a really higher budget and, and, and are meant for older audiences, even they sometimes uh, just don't pop out as much as, as this show does. So uh, I, I think that's something that, uh, uh, that, that fans of, of this show can, uh, I, I hope, can appreciate uh, more, uh, you know, just uh, how well the characters uh, interact with each other and how uh, much we are sucked in into the world. Uh, one of the reasons is because of this, this how fun and charming the, the, the characters are. It, it's as simple as that. We enjoy it, therefore we watch more. Well, that was a rather interesting conversation. So um, let's move on to the next topic. Email time. Um, in email time, we got no mail. Was... Not again. Again. Um, yay. No Yay. <laughs> If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, you can contact us at the mbsshow at gmail.com. 
Um, you could also reach us on Twitter um, at the MBS Show, and I'm at Norman Sanzo. And I'm at St. Pinky on Twitter. And also, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Um, links will be provided in the show notes. If you want to access the show on iTunes, all you need to do is search for The MBS Show. This show can be found on iPads, iPods, and iPhones, and any device that runs iTunes. So, I've been Norman Sanzo. And I'm Daniel Anthony. And I am the Wasabi Beans. And here I am, closing the show, I guess, with Evil Enchantress. <laughs> She's an evil enchantress and she does evil dances. When you look into her eyes, she will put you in trances. And what does she do? She'll mix up an evil brew. And she'll gobble you up in the big tasty 